I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. Since the start of the pandemic, schools have been battlegrounds for fierce debates over COVID-19 policies. Masking, remote learning, and school closures were strategies to keep students safe from the virus, but not all parents in California agreed. They argued that pandemic safety measures were mentally taxing for their kids, spiraling many of them into depression and anxiety, and affecting their academic outcomes. But political differences aside, almost everyone can agree on this. The past few years have been incredibly hard for kids. We've mostly relied on anecdotes to understand the academic and mental toll the pandemic has had on them. That is, until now. On Monday, national and statewide standardized test scores were released, which finally illustrate how the pandemic years have affected students' education. The numbers are so sobering and not surprising. Two out of three California students did not meet state math standards, and more than half did not meet English standards. COVID-19 has severely set back years of steady academic progress, both in the state and across the country. It will take extra resources and attention to recover. What would that look like? Here to talk about the implications of the standardized test results and what local school districts have to contend with now is Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker. Jill, thanks for being here. Sure, my pleasure. So a couple of really important test score data sets dropped on Monday. Tell me about them and how long have folks been anticipating these numbers? They have been really anticipating these numbers. Parents, community groups, and others have really wanted to get an idea of how much the pandemic affected student test scores, student learning, to see how far that hole was dug, you know, amid distance learning and the emotional trauma that was associated with the pandemic. And and now we have a better idea. And we have state data that came out for every district, every school. And we also have national data, which is a sampling of how students were doing in fourth and eighth grade. So it gives us a snapshot across the country to see how students have been doing compared to years past. Mm -hmm. And basically what we're seeing is, as we expected, test scores went down. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's dig into the statewide numbers a bit. How big are these drops? As you said, they're not surprising. It's what many feared and expected. But just how big are these discrepancies now? As an example, statewide in math, scores dropped a lot. So as of the spring when students took the test and they take it in grades 3 through 11, a third of students were proficient in math. And that was down from 40% in 2019, which was the last year that we had full, complete test scores. You know, so that's a seven percentage point drop. That's very significant. And when you're talking about a third of students being proficient in math, that is a pretty deep hole. Mm -hmm. In English, it was 47% proficient in the spring, and that was down from 51%. So we dipped below half of students being proficient. Now, when you dive into the numbers deeper and start looking at socioeconomics and race and ethnicity, you know, we see massive gaps between wealthier students and low-income students and students of color and white and Asian American students. Some of these numbers are are pretty depressing, Mm -hmm. to be be honest. They weren't great before, and now we're seeing just really kind of kick in the gut 
numbers. As you know, California faced a lot of criticism for continuing remote learning for much longer than other states. How did the state's test scores compare to the rest of the country, since we also have some national data to look at, too? You know, nationally, what we saw was a similar decline across the country. Virtually no state in the country improved or remained the same. They all went down, virtually every state. In reading, it was a little more mixed, and and California kind of remained the stable in English but went down in math. But the numbers are, are not at the top of the charts nationally. They have never been. Mm-hmm. But what we saw nationally was test scores there that were as low as they were in 2005. So when you're looking at setting the entire country back two decades almost mm-hmm. in test scores, it's it's a lot to process and to try to figure out how do we catch up very quickly? Is this something that we can recover from and get kids back on track quickly? Or are we talking about, you know, a decade-long effort to recover from the lack of learning, the days missed, the emotional trauma that students suffered? And I think that's the next big question that districts and the country are going to have to figure out. Mm. And what do we know about Bay Area school districts maybe compared to the rest of the state? You know, it depends. It's kind of a mixed bag in the Bay Area, not surprisingly. Mm -hmm. It was before the pandemic. It is now. We saw scores go down for the most part. San Francisco, Oakland, virtually every district, you saw some decline, if not a lot of decline. But what we also saw was in districts where there was a disproportionate number of white students, Asian American students, and wealthier students, that that those districts made it through the pandemic somewhat unscathed. Now, they might have dipped a point Mm. or two, but they really remained the same in the 75 to 80% proficiency. Their students of color and low-income students also score lower, not as low as as the state average per se, but they just don't have that many of those students. Mm -hmm. And those students kind of remained with static test scores as well. So... Districts that had resources, districts that had good Wi-Fi for their students at home, had support at home, they tended to do better, not surprisingly. And and communities of color where there were a lot of frontline workers and parents who had to keep working outside the home during the pandemic, lack of Wi-Fi, lack of technology, lack of school meals, lack of support services that these kids would get in school. And we can see those results clearly in these test scores. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Can we pinpoint any key causes here? Obviously, pandemic is the umbrella cause, but is it distance learning? Is it emotional and mental health well-being? Or is it a combination? Are experts starting to crystallize those reasons a bit more other than just saying it was the pandemic? Yeah, you know, it's all of those things that you mentioned. But I also think what I'm hearing from experts is, you know, being in school matters. That's where kids learn a lot of what they learn. And the reality is when you look at absentee rates amid the pandemic, whether that was because kids did not participate in distance learning or even last year when schools were fully reopened, we still had quarantine rules at the beginning of the school year. 
kids just missed a lot of learning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is a lot of what's in these test scores. Now, why they missed learning, why they were absent from school, there's a lot of reasons for that, whether they were ill or the social, emotional cost and trauma. But I think ultimately schools are looking at how to make sure that we don't see another year of high absentee rates mm -hmm. and find ways to get these kids back on track, give them extra resources, give them tutoring, give them all the support services they need so that they can catch up. So, Jill, what is Tony Thurman, that's the state superintendent of public instruction, how is he assessing these numbers? We know he's running for re-election in a couple of weeks. So these data sets are pretty critical for him, right? Yes and no. I mean, I think for politicians in general, you know, they want to see scores go up. That makes them look good. That makes the state look good not to mention the fact it's good for kids and their futures. Uh, most importantly, it's good for kids and their futures. But the reality is Tony Thurman is supported by the teachers union and will likely win as an incumbent. That said, you know, these scores are are hard for politicians to to talk about whether you're in a district and looking at the local school board or whether you're at the state or national level. For example, in San Francisco, only 9% of Black students are proficient in math. That is not a number any politician wants to grapple with, let alone a parent, a teacher, or anyone else. Mm -hmm. But Tony Thurman is actually spinning these numbers at least a little bit with some positivity, saying that, you know, based on test scores that some districts and some students took last year, they weren't required to take the state standardized test, but some did, that, you know, he's seeing greater growth than normal, at least in those sample districts. So that seems to indicate perhaps if all students had taken tests last year, they would have been much worse than they are this year. He's showing that there is some degree of optimism associated with the resources that are being put into schools. There there are an awful lot of resources, billions and billions of dollars in state money that is flowing into schools as we speak to extend the school day and the summer to provide tutoring and other resources to try to catch kids up. Are districts going to get very, you know, specific directives from the state on how to improve, especially when their challenges might be very specific to each district, or are they sort of left on their own to figure it out? Yeah, I mean, in general, the state will allocate or is allocating funding for specific things, like to extend the school date or year, but it'll be up to each district to decide how they want to do that. You know, they might decide that all students can take advantage of that or perhaps limit it to students who are disproportionately affected by the pandemic. But the state is kind of putting them in these categories saying you have to use this money in this way. Mm -hmm. How you do that is going to be up to you and your, you know, what your district looks like. But they are sort of creating these little pots of money that have to be used in specific ways, like for tutoring mm -hmm. and other support services uh, really targeted to students that really need it. So then in some ways, does this school year seem more critical than ever? Yeah, I think a lot of people would say that, that last year we were still in the pandemic, right? We still had kids quarantining. We still had, even though schools were open, it was still very in pandemic mode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of, of folks this year and they're saying, you know, it, it finally feels almost normal, right? They're not testing all the time. There's no quarantine. They're not tracking when somebody tests positive. Masking is optional. 
so we're really seeing things getting back to normal. We have art again. We have music again. We have PE. We have all those, you know, support services in place. Every kid can get free meals at school. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is in this pretty much back to normal school year, they're going to want to see some serious gains in these test scores because if they don't, it, it really shows that even in a normal school year, you know, they're struggling to make up the ground lost in the pandemic. Mm. Jill, a sobering update. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jill Tucker is the Chronicle's education reporter. Find her story about national and statewide standardized test scores online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening. <laughs> 